I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives uh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. Our wake and bake animal of the week is the skunk. Skunks are found in North and South America. You don't have them, Europe? No. That seems weird to me. In the 1630s, Abenaki Algonquins called them Sigonku, which meant fox or to urinate. Tiny spotted skunks weigh just a pound, while whopper hog skunks can weigh 18. Look at their powerful short legs, just made for digging. Omnivorous, skunks eat bugs, worms, grubs, rodents, snakes, birds, and eggs. Oh, they'll eat berries, too, and fungi, and nuts go down easy. (laughs) And skunks love that human garbage. And cat food, too. Wow, nine lies. Skunks are crepuscular. That means they're active at dawn and dusk. They keep to themselves where they aren't breeding. They're brooding. They go dormant in the winter for long stretches. Skunks are good at smelling and hearing, but they can't see. Just ten feet in front of them. They get hit by cars because of that. Skunk little ones number four to seven. You know what they're called? No. They're called kits, and they're born blind and deaf. They'll stay with mama till they're ready to mate. Oh, those anal scent glands with taut muscles that allow them to accurately shoot their spray up to ten feet. And that spray burns. It can even blind you temporarily. You can smell it four miles away. Skunks don't like to spray. They only have five or six shots, and it takes them ten days to reload. Threatened skunks will stomp and hiss and posture before they'll spray. Most animals won't even mess with them. It's not worth it. But the great horned owl, oh, he can go through skunks by the dozen, and he does so with zeal. Tomato juice? No, that's not going to work. Dilute hydrogen peroxide 3% with dishwashing liquid and baking soda. That's your best bet for getting the stink out. A rabid skunk has been chasing people in downtown Sacramento. Skunks don't usually bite us. A rabid skunk will, though. Skunks trail only raccoons as rabies specters. Our skunks don't live long, maybe seven years, most 
no more than a year. We love skunks at Wake and Bake. We hope you do too. first name, man? Uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, how old are you? 31 years old. You got a little sign out. It says, a ticket home will change my life. Yeah. 3890s, what you're looking for. Anything helps. How'd you get yeah. stranded in New York City? I came out here to live with some family. I was in California. I was going through a really bad divorce at the time. I pretty much lost everything in it. Things didn't work out because my cousin who I was going to be staying with, his apartment complex wouldn't let me stay there because I had a 10-year-old felony in California. So um, I wound up here on the streets. You know, I've been trying to find work, but it's really difficult given the situation. You know, everybody thinks the cure to homelessness is just finding a job. And while that may be true, I mean, everybody needs a source of income at the it's same the time. Housing, I'm guessing. Right. That's the biggest thing. It's really hard to take an interview when, you know, you don't have anywhere to store your things. I've heard know. that the shelters aren't so great. They're terrible. The shelter system out here is 100% filled with either crackheads or heroin addicts. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, like, the two that I've stayed in, both times I woke up in the middle of the night with somebody trying to steal my things. One of them I literally had to fight my way out of. I fought eight guys to get out of there. The staff, they don't care. You seem so young to have a 10-year-old felony. Can I ask what you did? I got into a fight in California outside of a bar when I was going to college. I was actually punched first, but because California doesn't have a self-defense law, I was charged with assault with great bodily injury because I knocked the guy out in self-defense. Guy came up behind me, punched me in the back of the head. I turned around hit him. I only hit him once. Just so happened to knock him out. I was in the parking lot having a cigarette when the cops came up to me and put me under arrest. And I went to jury trial for it and ended up doing like six months out of a year out there right. in county. Do you not have any family that can help you or will you not accept the help? You know, my father passed on when I was 19 years old. He kind of came from a bad family. My mother, I was never really close with growing up. I was pretty much raised by my dad. When your dad died, did it trigger some anger issues in you? You know, I went through a bad period where I was drinking like every single day. I lost a couple of jobs until... Are you an alcoholic? Uh, no longer. I've been clean for six, seven years. What's your dream? What do you want to do? What do you wish you were doing? Something related to architecture or engineering. Are you still hopeful despite your situation? Absolutely. I know I can pull it together and if I just keep on the right path, things will go well. Keep up the sobriety. You seem like a smart young guy. I'm sure Thank it's going to come together for you. I wish you all the best, man. Thank you. All right, brother. got to big news. What's going on, station manager? Well, you mentioned somebody asked on the chat board um, how to volunteer, and we do need volunteers for Wake and Bake, actually. Right. Um, we need we need people who can make a regular commitment to come down here during the show um, in Jersey City, and we also need people who might be able to help from home, no matter where they live. If they can make a regular commitment to help us with the playlist, um, that would be great. And if you can do either one, email us at wake at wfmu.org. Yeah, we need your help. Uh and, and I, I know people are going to come through on that. We've got such great listeners. 
And we also have uh, some big announcements about the show, Clay Pigeon. Um, at 10.30 today, we're mailing out the Pidge page. Oh, man, I'm excited. The new uh, newsletter, the yeah, digital the, newsletter. Yep, the first edition of the Wake and Bake newsletter. Thank you, Hannah, Meredith, and Michelle for helping us out with that. Those guys have been working hard on it. How do people get it? That's the thing. Uh, they can subscribe right from the playlist page. It's right there? Yeah, just go to WFMU.org, click Playlist and Comments, and you'll see it at the top of the page. I'm proud of it. It looks really cool. Kirsten did a, my wife did a logo for it. And oh, it's great. The animated logo that Kirsten did is great. Yeah. And it has an interview with the Glistener of the Week. The uh, the Maiden Voyage has an interview with Ken from Hyde Park. Oh, great. If anyone deserves it, man, that guy yeah. is so steady. Ken from Hyde Park. And we have the backstory for Liberty. Oh, we do. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes as well as uh, info. I think there's a link to the full Dennis Dunaway interview. And we're announcing um, in today's newsletter, and anybody who's pledged, uh, any, anybody who has um, commented or pledged to Wake and Bake uh, will probably get today's newsletter. Uh, but we're announcing the Wake and Bake Benefit Art Auction. Oh, man, I'm excited. I didn't yes. know when you were going to break that news, but yeah. you're doing it. You're doing and it's it. happening on Saturday, October 20th, including a concert with you hosting. Oh, man, that's going to be fun. And Monty Hall, right? Yeah. Right downstairs, 43 Montgomery in Jersey City. What's the date again? Saturday, October 20th. And there's going to be a lot of details to unfold. Yeah, yeah, and there will be information about that in today's newsletter. Um, and, and the uh, deadline for submissions, if you are an artist, and we know there's tons of artists listening, is October 8th. Now, Dave Hill did this before, and it, it worked out great, It right? worked out great. And FMU, FMU did a benefit art auction way back in the 90s, and that worked out great, too. And so. I'm going to submit something I like to do art. Ken, do you do you paint or draw or anything? No, I, I, I used to do sculpture. I yeah. know uh, Daisy does. Your daughter made our beautiful uh, Awake and Bake morning machine. Yeah, I used to do ceramic sculpture. And yeah, Daisy's, Daisy's an amazing artist. Do you yeah. have any pieces at the house, your stuff? Yeah. Well, you got to bring one in. Okay. One of your sculptures. All right, I'll bring one in. <laughs> I want to see it. And also, of course, the thing I'm most excited about for the uh, Wake and Bake Art Auction, Saturday, October 20th, is the Yanni Impersonation oh, Contest. Yeah. We are going to find the best Yanni impersonator and that out is there. A, a definitive look too, with the mustache. And, right. And we'll be playing plenty of Yanni music. The too. mustache and, and the Acropolis in the background, and we're going to have a wind machine, uh, and that'll be part of how we judge who the best Yanni impersonator is: is who has the best the best flowing locks. The art auction, the news. Letters, so much coming up. Station manager, Ken, give me a tender slam. I know you're not a hard slam. You're trying to protect the... Uh, no, no, I've checked out the door. I'll give you a hard slam. Oh, you will today? There he goes. More uh, information to, to Station unfold. Station manager! I know we're not supposed to get too political here on the Wake and Bake, but I was listening to the news the other day. Not the good news we get here on Wake, but the regular bad news. There has been a nuclear accident. We saw several buildings that have collapsed. And I got to thinking about a little word that means the worst thing us people do. The attack came in waves, cruise missiles, followed by the F-117 stealth bombers with so-called bunker-busting bombs. So that's our word of the week. War. 
What is it good for? I don't know. A great big absolutely nothing. That's what. But we've been doing it forever and there's no signs of it stopping. Of course you realize this means war. The word itself dates back to the 13th century from the Proto-Indo-European words meaning to confuse or mix up. I'm so confused. A fairly benign term for what it came to mean. The word evolved into new words in several languages because everyone seemed to need it. So we got Wers in German and Wera, W-E-R-R-A, in early Frankish. No, levez-vous, 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 s'il vous plaît. The Frankish word gave way to the French guerre, which was then borrowed by the Italians, Portuguese, and Spanish, who all avoided the Latin bellum because, linguists believe, it was a bit too close to the Latin word bello, which means beautiful. I am beautiful in all ways. I am beautiful in all ways. The British, meanwhile, had a number of words for war, including wig and hild, but eventually gave in to peer pressure and started calling their wars, wars. When you hear the sirens or anti-aircraft guns, you must get under cover at once. You must not stand staring up at the sky. <laughs> In the mid-1800s, European colonists started putting the word on Native Americans, coming up with terms like war dance, war whoop, and war paint. Somehow, though, the notion of war crimes didn't arrive until early in the 20th century. The idea of war gives us no end of activities, from sports to board games, but oddly enough, the name war was applied to the most boring game imaginable. The origins of the card game war are lost to history, but presumably it had something to do with a shepherd who got jealous when he saw another shepherd with more decorations on his card and decided to kill his flock and take his land. But that's okay. It's just a game. Listeners, this is your favorite cheesemonger, Wendy Del Formaggio, with your weekly cheese report. <laughs> Listener Jeff M. of Jersey City asked me to talk about Epoise de Bourgogne, a cheese he loves. I love it too. Made in the Côte d'Or region of France, this cheese's pronunciation sometimes trips people up. So repeat after me. Epoise. Epoise. Try it again. Uh, Epoise. Epoise. Very good. I'm going to shut up now. Epoise is made of cow's milk and is pretty much always found pasteurized in the States because it's aged for six weeks, not long enough for a raw milk cheese to be legally sold here. It's a small wheel, 250 grams, and it comes in its own little wooden box, which you can later use to store your paper clips. Cool. During production, cheesemakers frequently rinse Epoise with brine and Marc de Bourgogne, a type of brandy. Later in its aging, it gets a rub down with dry salt. This makes for a pungent, oozing cheese with a sticky orange rind. It's full-flavored, sweet, and salty with hints of bacon, 
and a very creamy feel on the palate. Here's when it's ripe. When you push on it with your finger, the cheese easily gives. For best results, serve with a spoon and eat it all in one sitting. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. You ate it, Ralph. Now here's station manager Ken with your hump day hazmat report. Thank you, Clay Pigeon, Bridgewater, New Jersey, driver trapped, then manually extricated and miraculously survives following a crash and fuel spill on Reddington Road, Bellflower, California, an unidentified sweet-smelling liquid prompts evacuations at the aromatic Bellflower Mobile Home Park, Maryland, USA, Cat hoarding inside a North Potomac home causes a hazmat situation. According to Montgomery County fire officials, the level of ammonia was so high inside the home that it was a danger to human and feline alike. Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, a library custodian finds a bag of heroin in the local library recycling bin. Chelsea, Massachusetts, a driver plows into parked cars right outside the local police station. Investigating officers found the driver passed out, surrounded by hypodermic needles and a baggie containing a white powder, later determined to be the big F, fentanyl. Detroit, Michigan, Michigan State Police find a man slumped over the wheel of a running minivan on the Lodge Freeway. Drivers thought the man needed help, but the police found a methamphetamine cookery behind the dozing driver. Sounds like he could have used some meth. Hold it, hold it, station manager Ken, you're out of time. Good Lord, cat hoarding and unidentified liquids, library heroin, the big F, could it get any worse? Uh, I don't know, listeners, what do you think? Do you want one more hazmat? Maybe it's just too much. Do you want one more? They say yes. Go, station manager. San Marcos, Texas, an abandoned Burger King restaurant provides the cover for an unattended methamphetamine factory. Police were initially called out to reports about a person carrying suspicious supplies in the area. Behind the Burger King, they found a bag with several containers, one of which held an acidic powder that burned one of the officers. The Burger Meth King is still at large. Boys, turn the spotlight around for me. There you go. Now shine it brightly on one very special town in our listing area. Our Civic Showcase Community of the Week is Fairlawn, New Jersey. Fairlawn is located in Bergen County. It's about 21 miles north of Jersey City. Population... 32,457 at Fairlawn's Growing. <laughs> the first settlers of the area were the Lenny Lenape Native Americans, a peaceful group of hunter gatherers. 
they eventually sold their land to Dutch and Irish settlers, and then the Lenape dispersed into Pennsylvania. Until 1791, the area was called Sluterdam, after a V-shaped sluice on the Passaic that the Leni Lenape had constructed. By the mid-1800s, there were 80 houses built where Fairlawn would stand. Oh, there were vegetable and fruit farms and dairies. It was an agrarian culture. Then up sprang beautiful Victorian homes, the finest of which was David Acker's Fairlawn, built in 1865. That's how Fairlawn was named. By the late 1800s, workers from Patterson needed somewhere to live. Many chose Fairlawn. Fairlawn was officially incorporated in 1924 from portions of Saddle River Township. Terrible day in July of 1982, a New Jersey transit train derailed, killing the engineer. Teenagers were found to have tampered with the tracks. Two were charged with manslaughter and did five years in the state pen. Fairlawn has one of the highest densities of nail and beauty salons in the United States. Really? Fairlawn's motto, a great place to visit and a better place to live. Famous people from Fairlawn include Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. Singer Regina Spector. I want to sing to you, my love. And bassist Steve Swallow. We're proud to serve you, Fairlawn, New Jersey. And we hope you're listening. Hi, it's Mark Hurst, host of Tectonic, here on Wake and Bake with a little slice of tech pie. Summer is a great time to reevaluate your use of technology, whether you're going on vacation or just getting organized before things get busy again in the fall. I got some really helpful tips on a recent Tectonic from Catherine Price, author of the book How to Break Up with Your Phone. She strongly suggests deleting the social media apps from your phone. Here's what she said. For social media, if you really like social media, that's your own business. But my suggestion is to get rid of the apps because the apps are particularly designed to suck you in with all sorts of features that make it hard to set boundaries. If you want to check social media, just do it from your desktop or do it from the browser version on your phone. I then asked Catherine about what she calls the three W's, three questions to ask yourself before you use your phone. What for, why now, and what else? So you say, uh, what for? What are you actually picking up your phone to do? It could be a practical purpose or an emotional purpose, like you want a distraction or you're trying to buy something off of Amazon. Why now? So why are you doing it in this particular moment? Do you have an actual need to do it in this moment? Is it a situational thing, like you're in the elevator and you always pull out your phone on the elevator? And then what else is giving yourself a chance to think, well, what else could I do right now? 
either to achieve the same result, or maybe it's something else entirely. Um, but I actually made uh, lock screen images for people um, that they can use on their phones that I put on the book's website, which is phonebreakup.com. One of them is what for, why now, what else? If you want to learn more from Catherine Price, she has a recent article in the New York Times called How Not to Let Your Phone Ruin Your Vacation. This has been Mark Hurst with a little slice of tech pie here on Wake and Bake. My show, Tectonic, is on Mondays at 6 p.m. right here on WFMU. Caroline Gollum here, senior contributor for ScreenSlate, with your Movie Minute. Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. Known best for his snazzy steps and pension for hats, master choreographer Bob Fosse turned auteur in 1969 and directed five feature films before his death in 1987. We all know and love him for Cabaret, the divinely decadent and depressingly topical Liza Minnelli vehicle set in Weimar, Berlin. But this is the Movie Minute, and I want to hip you cats to a slightly deeper cut. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Fosse's 1976 film Lenny, about trailblazing, foul-mouthed comedian Lenny Bruce, is a rare treat around these parts. Starring Dustin Hoffman in the title role, this terse little picture garnered six Academy Award nominations, including Best Director and Actor for Fosse and Hoffman, respectively. Those looking for a thorough and faithful account of Bruce's short life might prefer a proper biography. Lenny works better as the exegesis of its troubled director, rather than a blow-by-blow of its subject's many peaks and valleys. Like Bruce, Fosse could be demanding and quick-tempered, a small price to pay for the profound changes both men brought to their respective crafts. Ladies and gentlemen, Lenny Bruce. How do you people really feel about doing it? Isn't that about the dirtiest thing we could do to each other? He was a comic, a cynic, a satirist, a criminal, a genius. You don't have to applaud! Really, it's... It's really weird. It's enough that you're just listening. You know, it's so strange. I used to get fired for doing this. Now I'm getting a following, right? He was called funny, filthy, honest, obscene, brilliant, sick. Work clean, Lenny. Don't resort to using dirt. Time magazine called him the sickest of them all. As part of the Fosse oeuvre, Lenny is a bit of an outlier. There are no musical numbers and very little in the way of pizzazz. But the film's abiding respect for the underdog and the ongoing uphill battle toward artistic authenticity is very much a piece with its more glamorous cousins. You can catch Lenny on a rare 35mm print tomorrow at Quad Cinema, where it screens with four other films in Fosse's filmography, say that five times fast, as part of their series Performance Anxieties, Fosse at the Movies. For WFMU and ScreenSlate, this is Caroline Gollum, back next week with more cinematic goings-on. Until then, see you at the movies.
It's August, you guys. Can you believe it? It's August 1st, 2018. On this day in history, 1620, the Speedwell leaves Delfshaven to bring pilgrims to America by way of England. Now, I think if my memory serves correct, that thing leaked and it had to return. It, it, it never made it. I think it left from Holland. The Mayflower made it over. And the other one, the minnow or something like that. 1774, British scientist Joseph Priestley discovers oxygen. I can't believe we didn't know about it until 1774. 1893, Henry Perky patents shredded wheat. Boy, and if you're ever in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, you can, you can smell that shredded wheat at the uh, Quaker Oats factory there. That Ashton Kutcher used to work there. 1957, the United States and Canada formed the North American Aerospace Defense Command, better known as NORAD. Later would come CURAD, the ouchless bandage. 1971, important day in New York City, the concert for Bangladesh. I bet one or two of you were there. Former Beatle George Harrison uh, put that concert on, the concert for Bangladesh. 1981, MTV begins broadcasting in the United States and airs its first video. Video killed the radio star by the Buggles. But you knew that, didn't you? And in 1876, Colorado is admitted as the 38th U.S. state. And in honor of Colorado, just a bit of John Denver. Oh, that Rocky Mountain High out there. The Colorado Rocky Mountain High Take it with me. I've seen it rain and fire in the sky. All gather around that campfire. Friends around the campfire and everybody's high. Rocky Mountain High. Welcome, Colorado. Congratulations on your birthday today. Our 38th state. Well, that's it for me, Clay Pigeon. I'm out of time. Boy, it's been fun today. It just went rocketing by. Thanks for joining me, Glisteners. It's always a pleasure being your disc jockey. I hope you'll be so kind as to come back tomorrow morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. We'll do it all over again. You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you. Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.